Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Mark Schlereth can still vividly recall how he felt and what he did when sitting before pages in a book as an elementary schooler. Stay tuned to find out what I'm talking about. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As you start thinking about your spring sports season, the TeamSnap app can help you spend more time focusing on coaching and less time worrying about the team management side of things. Even in this preseason time, coaches can use the app to start building relationships with players and parents through the messaging features. Plus, once your spring schedule's ready, put it on the app for parents to easily sync to their calendars. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. He didn't know what was wrong, but as a boy, Mark Schlereth couldn't read and he didn't know what to do. So he flipped pages when others did, although they were processing the words while he was not. Mark masked his challenges with reading and distinguished himself with his athleticism and his personality. Fast forward to seventh grade and a teacher recognized Mark's problem and gracefully and diplomatically helped him. In part two, Mark Schlereth highlights in depth what happened and how, with the help of the teacher, he worked to address his dyslexia. Let's jump in. Hey Mark, which coach or teacher encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Wow, there's so many guys, so many teachers and people that inspired me. But probably the coach that I had the tightest relationship with, and he, he passed away during COVID. He was my high school football coach, my high school wrestling coach, guy by the name of Jim McGee, and was just a true mentor and friend. When I was struggling with health issues, uh, injury issues in college, every summer I would come home, you know, rehabbing some type of ACL or something. And every day, phone call, every day, workout, every day, head to the track, head to the, you know, we'd ride bikes, we'd do whatever. But he was a guy that just remained a constant in my life, remained involved in my life. And we talked almost every week. Um, from the time I was in high school until he passed away a couple, my gosh, about a year and a half ago. So, yeah, he was just a he was just a guy that always stayed connected. You know, there's a real gift in friendship to be able to be that person that really keeps people connected. And that is not honestly, that's not my strong suit. Um, but he was a guy that just like clockwork. I could count on him calling me once a week, maybe every other week. And we just, you know, we just stayed connected and really close and really good friends. Now, Mark, I know when you were younger and it really made me think of, you know, I wrote a children's book with Jamal Charles, who had a undiagnosed uh, learning disability throughout elementary school. And he participated in the Special Olympics in third grade. And I think in fifth grade was when he was finally able to get a diagnosis and they were able to help him. But I know that was a, a big struggle for you was with dyslexia. What was that like? I mean, you know, how was that? Because you know, my audience is mostly, you know, parents and young coaches and, and student athletes. 
But tell me about what that was like, you know, as a six, seven-year-old when you're wrestling with this thing that you can't figure out what it is. And then how enduring that and developing the grit to persevere through that has helped you now into adulthood even. Yeah, it's always one of those things that I just struggled. I was just struggled reading and and you fall so far behind because you essentially can't. And I just remember like sitting at a table trying to read a textbook in like the third or fourth grade and you're sitting at a table with six other kids and I'm struggling or stammering through the first sentence trying to get through it and the kid beside me flips the page. And the next kid flips the page and the next kid, and I'm like, I'm struggling through the first sentence still. Mm. Then the insecurity that creates where all of a sudden you're, something's wrong. How, how can they be doing this to the point where I would just sit? I wouldn't even try to read it. I just sit. And when, you know, one person, the first person turned their page, the second person, I, I'd always be in the middle of the pack, you know, oh, time to flip a page. Right. And you just get to the point where you cope and you figure out how to do things to get by. Part of that is, you know, I always tell people the importance of, of recess and sports, and we're trying to eliminate those things. And people always like, you know, you hear a lot of, well, it's unfair to the less athletic kids or whatever. And like the bottom line is we've all been gifted, you know, differently, which makes us unique. and, And that's part of the, what makes it special. And the only place that I, as a kid, and I wasn't a mean kid, I was a very kind kid, very kind hearted kid. But the only place that I got validated was out on the playground because I was a better athlete than everybody else. And so, you know, I could cope and have friends and do that, even though oftentimes I was made fun of, you know, for being quote unquote stupid. But on the playground, I had credibility. Mm -hmm. And like, those are the type of things for me that really helped me, you know, continue to develop. And then it's interesting. I had a teacher in the seventh grade by the name of Mr. Wright, and we were doing some, you know, standardized tests. Mr. Wright just like pulled me aside and said, you know, Mark, you like, we need to get you some help. Like you can't, like I was reading at like a first grade level in the seventh grade. And he's like, we're going to get you some help. And so he pulled me out of class and not embarrassingly pulled me out of class, but just pulled me out of class and put me in a situation where I ended up going to a special ed class taught by Mr. Mazinari. That was in the seventh grade. And I spent most of the year in that class and got myself to the point where I could read. And interestingly enough, you know, I went on and through high school and went on to college and, and, you know, you cope with certain things. I got to the point where, you know, after my first year of struggling in college, I got to the point where I didn't buy textbooks because it was a waste of my time. What would take a kid an hour to read a chapter, take me three and a half. Mm. And I'm like, I just get to the point where like, that's not a good use of time. Mm. So, you know, I, I, you learn, you learn like how to mitigate my weakness. My weakness is I don't read very fast. So what did I do? I went to class. I never missed a class. I took copious notes and the professors would always say, Hey man, 80% of this grade is going to be on the in-class presentations and notes. So I thought, man, if I could ace that, right, I'm sitting at 80%. If I guess well, I'm going to have a mid B. And for me, I was like, hey, man, a mid B is a good grade. Like that, that's fine for me. And so that's kind of how I got through college. And then after I retired in, in professional football, I just was kind of sitting around going, you know, I maybe, maybe read one book in my entire life. Hmm. 
And so I made a commitment to uh, read a, a book, two books a month. I go, I'm going to read two books a month. Wow. And so at the end of my end of my first year of retirement, I had read 36 books. And the interesting thing is I get honored back in Alaska. They're going to retire my jersey and send me to the service high school hall of fame. And so um, in the hallway, you know, they're back at my old high school and I'm walking through by the offices and I saw Mr. Wright and he just was standing there. You know, we weren't supposed to meet. I didn't even know he still taught there. So I called him over. I said, Mr. Wright, Mr. Wright. And I just said, hey, man, I want to thank you for what you did for me. You recognized where a lot of teachers just let it go because I was a nice kid and I was never going to cause any trouble. And you recognize a problem without embarrassing me about it. And you got me the help I need. And like, I owe you, like I read 36 books this year. It would have never happened without you. And, you know, I mean, he burst into tears. I mean, because I think a lot of times you don't know, you, you go through life and you try to have a positive effect on people, but you really don't know oftentimes as you, you know, part ways and part company and you go in different directions in life, uh, the kind of impact that you would have on somebody else's life and just being kind and, and uh, being gracious and actually, you know, caring about those things. Um, what, what a difference for me, what a difference it made in my life. That's absolutely an incredible story, Mark. Thank you so much for sharing that. What age were you when you got diagnosed? I saw the word dyslexia, and I, I'm assuming that's accurate, but what age were you actually diagnosed with that? Yeah, well, when I was in the seventh grade, that's when, uh, like I said, Mr. Wright noticed that yeah. like I couldn't read. So when I went to special ed, you know, I used to hang around the hallway too because the special ed was down a certain hall, you know, and you're like, hey, yeah, I'm just going to head to the class. I'll see you guys. You know, you wait till everybody else dissipates because you don't want to, you're like, I got to go down to the special ed hall, you know, and, and, I mean, when you're in the seventh grade, like that's embarrassing for you, right? But that's where I ended up being tested. And so that's that's when I was, I guess, officially quote unquote diagnosed. I don't know. I just was like in there. Wow. And it's and it's funny because it was just a like they didn't talk to my parents, they didn't do anything. They just put me in that class, you know, and there I went. I just <laughs> well, but you know, my dad my actually it's part of from a gene standpoint, it's part of the gene. My mom actually taught my father how to read uh, when they got married at 23. Okay. So had the same, 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 same issues. And um, my nieces have some of the same issues. So yeah, it, it's part of that genealogy, if you will. Yeah. How about any of your children? Did they have any learning challenges of the three that you have? No, my, all my kids, they got their mother's intelligence. So they, they were all okay. But yeah, I, I was kind of the only one that struggled. So but anyhow, we got the grandkids and they all are very intelligent. So yeah, we've been blessed. And I mean, again, I just want to be very clear with my listeners that one of the things that made me want to reach out to you a lot, especially when I was writing about defensive or offensive linemen, was you because you were so intelligent about the sport and your ability to communicate, which again is reinforced by the fact that you've made an incredible career as a communicator, you know, and so you get to showcase your yeah, football intelligence and your general intelligence all the time. So that, that's a great story. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page. 
Before I close though, my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, and my video series, Model Student Athlete, are thrilled to present our Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches in youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student athletes, and we want to recognize Haley Sveed, the Director of Operations for the Seton Hall Women's Soccer Team, a youth coach for STA in New Jersey, and an Olympic development coach of the 2010 Eastern New York Girls. Last year, she was named to the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 class. Congratulations, Haley. Last but not least, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to app to help you have a successful spring sports season. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen. Thank you.